Are you longing for something? How does it feel? And what's underneath this longing? Hello and welcome, everyone. My name is Mary Slocum, and today we are exploring longing. When we long for something, we desire it with intensity. There's a lot of energy behind it. Going underneath our longing allows us to see exactly what our need is and how best to work with it skillfully. I hope you find today's show helpful, and I hope you'll download the episode, share it with your friends, and review it on Apple Podcasts. Your Mindful Life Podcast. Lately, I've been longing to go to some unknown place, somewhere where I can be close to nature, with water, the ocean. I'm longing to break my routine and to get the creative energies flowing. At other times, I have a longing to be more with people, to be more with friends and family, to laugh, to share what's on my mind, and to listen to what's on theirs, to be together and share. When we pay attention, longing lets us know what our needs are. Sometimes those needs can be quickly fulfilled, and at other times, their fulfillment looms far in the distance and may feel too far out of reach. Often the need driving the longing is not on the surface. For example, my longing to go somewhere unknown, a need is driving this longing. And this need is actually giving myself the conditions that will ignite my creativity. Longing points to the need, but satisfying the longing doesn't necessarily satisfy the need. If we are wanting to escape some aspect of ourselves that we don't like and then going somewhere unknown won't help. The need is to recognize, be with, and listen deeply to that part of us that we want to escape. It's not to go someplace unknown. So it's important to see our aversion to that part of ourselves and to allow it to be here with us with curiosity and kindness, being with it, with the whole of it, with all its intricacies and complexities, is our way through it. Discovering the need might be a simple exercise. We might long for a cup of tea and know that underneath it is our need for something to quench our thirst or for something to warm our belly against the cold. 
Asking little questions as we sit with our longing and contemplation is really helpful. We might ask ourselves, what more wants to be known about this longing? Or what more lies beneath this longing? Or what am I needing through this longing? These little questions can help to point us in the direction of our true need as long as we're willing to allow a response to arise through the body rather than to sit there in mental analysis paralysis. Our longing carries an abundance of energy that drives us in a certain direction to actions that are creative or destructive. Latching on to the energy of longing without finding out what our true need is can lead us to more suffering rather than happiness. Being mindful, we're aware of mind states accompanying the longing. When impatience accompanies it, there's a sense of urgency, restlessness, anxiousness, nervousness, irritation, and even frustration. These are signals asking us to pause rather than to rush into action. Pausing gives us time to be with the feeling and to acknowledge, for example, anxiousness is here, or, wow, there's something in me that feels really anxious, and then asking ourselves, what's happening now? What's this anxiousness all about? Wanting the end result without the journey usually leads us astray. We forget that it is the process that already begins fulfilling our longing. Our impatience can lead us off in the wrong direction, and we won't even notice until we pay attention. The presence of impatience often points to some craving in us. When we are longing for something and we feel that we must get this or we have to have this or we have to do this right now, our minds and brains get tangled up in the must-have-it-now. Craving is attachment, and we know that when we are attached to anything, it narrows us. It keeps us from the possibilities of life and makes us suffer because attachment never wants anything to change, and yet change is always happening. Sometimes the craving points to addiction. We may notice our longing for some behavior and that we must have to do it more and more often to get the same amount of fleeting pleasure from it, whatever it is. In the brain, the reward system kicks in, creating the pleasure we feel when we satisfy a craving. Once we have felt the pleasure, it dissipates. But we are attached to the feeling of pleasure, and so we need it again and again. When we crave something, it's skillful to pause and ask ourselves with curiosity and without judgment, What's happening now? How does this feel in my body? What is this showing me? And what's the worst part of this? Other little questions that are helpful include, how often do I do this behavior? Do I need to do more and more of this behavior to feel good? 
When feelings of attachment dominate, when a behavior gets repeated over and over, when the behavior consumes all our energy and manipulates all aspects of our day, and when we need more and more of the behavior to feel some sense of relief or pleasure, it is wise, necessary, and kind to find help. Impatience doesn't always point to craving and addiction, though. Sometimes impatience is pointing to some obstacle that we feel is in our way, or it is pointing to not ever having cultivated patience in the first place. You know, patience, that ability to allow time and space for the unfolding of anything. Our mindfulness of breath meditation practice cultivates concentration, which gives us the staying power to focus on something over a period of time without getting impatient. It trains our mind to be patient. So if we discover that we lack patience, we can train it through our meditation practice. Beliefs can be powerful obstacles. If we believe that what we are wanting is out of reach, then it will be. If we long for connection and interaction with others, but believe that we are separate or isolated without the means to create that connection and interaction, then we simply go around and round unable to fulfill our need, unless we open to our constructive creative energy. When we let go of judgments and belief, we are curious and creative. We can leap into new perspectives. Even though we know that we are all interconnected in the web of life, knowing is not enough. We are social beings, and being social beings, we live in community. So longing for community is natural and wholesome. Using our creative energy to find ways into community and communion is wholesome. When our need is to come into community with others, frailty, physical distance, ill health, or work schedule might be obstacles. What then? We can use our creative energy to find an alternative path. Maybe we can't go out, but maybe others can come to us. Instead of waiting for an invitation, we can extend one. We can ask for what we need. Even when we're physically unable to get together, we can get together virtually. We can share a cup of tea over Zoom. We can have a conversation over text. We might discover that writing a card or an email that is more than the usual cursory, how are you, can connect us in meaningful ways. I remember as a little girl receiving letters from my grandmother who lived far away. She would write just a page or two, but her reaching out to me filled me with love and connection. And I would write back to her. If she were alive today, I imagine that she might write me an email or send a text. Even now, after decades, 
remembering our letter exchange, I feel intimately connected to her. At other times, the longing brings with it a stickiness that keeps us from reaching out for what we are longing. Perhaps something inside says, that's not possible. Or perhaps something in us feels immovable and we can't act. We feel the longing getting stronger and the stickiness also getting stickier. Rather than to focus on the longing, pay attention to the stickiness. Pay attention to the thing that is weighing us down and making us feel immovable. The stickiness will tell us what is happening now. What is the stickiness wanting me to know? Asking the little question and then feeling in our bodies for a response is our way forward. The truth is we need to go through the stickiness in order to be with the longing. The way through, of course, is to sit with it, recognize it, acknowledge it, and listen to what comes forward around it. Now, we might be longing for material goods or recognition and praise. Underneath, we realize that what we are really needing is to be happy. And we believe that if we have these things, we will be happy. Then when we get the stuff or the praise, we discover that, wow, I'm happy for a moment and then I'm not happy. Where has my happiness gone? And we realize that we're feeling as empty as before. And so the longing starts again. Breaking this cycle takes effort. We first have to recognize what's happening. Stay with it without acting on it. And get to know it really well to feel how it feels in the body and what it's showing us. Only in this way, through the body, can we work with the craving mind. In the end, we need to be present and recognize if this longing is satisfying or unsatisfying. Some say all longing is really craving that leads us in an endless cycle of dissatisfaction and suffering. But when we sit with the longing, we may recognize that underneath is some human need the need for community and communication, for creative time and space, for food and shelter. Using our energy to fulfill these needs with skillful actions is a good thing. This week, I invite you to spend time with your longings. Recognize them and what lies underneath them. Be curious and non-judging. Let your body be the conduit to the mind. Please don't analyze. Just recognize what is happening now. Acknowledge it. Feel how it feels in the body and let it show you what it's needing. Then acknowledge and sit with the need and let it show you what wants to come forward. In this way, you will gain clarity about the longing 
and about which actions are skillful. Thank you for listening. I so appreciate you and also the people behind the scenes who make this podcast possible. Gorgias Romero for original music, audio engineering, and production. Bill Rafferty for technical web support. Ali Allen for logo and podcast cover design. And Margaret Haas for announcing the show. Be well. Be mindful. Be mindful.